He's got too much pine tar. Sloppy and jalopy. They were doing the uh, the Chris Davis fishing for it. Might be going to call George Brett out. Well, he yeah, is. He's, he's out. Yes, Brett is out. Look at look at this. Brett is out. And he's steaming mad. He is out and having to be forcibly restrained from hitting plate umpire Tim McClellan. Too much potter. <laughs> way, way too much potter. Yeah, welcome to the show. Kevin Klein here to help me out with previewing the NL West, our next division pre- we're going to be previewing on this podcast. So welcome to the show again, Kevin. You've been on here a couple, quite a few times now, so ever since we – I think it was before the 2020 season, we were previewing the Dodgers season, but then, you know, of course, pandemic, then we didn't even get a season right away. But now we had a couple others where they when they won the World Series, I had you on. So that was a fun time, so – yeah, thanks for having me on, Alex. I do remember coming on 2020, previewing the World Series with you as well before my Dodgers went on to win it. And then I think you had me on another time to talk about Trevor Bauer. And yeah. I was really excited at the time. And now he's in Japan. All right. Yeah. Surprised to see you got a you know job anywhere at this point. But someone's going to take a chance on him, I guess. <laughs> or they just didn't know his uh, backstory. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Or just don't care. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, just kind of looking at this division, like I've been doing with the other previews, just looking team by team and going what they made, what they did in the offseason, what they should, what they look to do this year, how it's going to kind of play out. So we'll start with the Dodgers, your, your Dodgers. Um, they made – they had a, quite a bit of, you know – losses in this offseason you know losing trey turner tyler anderson justin turner andrew haney cody bellinger craig kimball kimball chris martin tommy canley so with just to name some of them they've lost some other ones as well but they did bring they were able to bring kershaw back on a one-year deal so that's that's big for them for their rotation especially with uh, walker bueller going to be out for the whole season because of Tommy John. So, or like, at least it's likely he'll miss the rest of the season. He did see something that he, he's uh, kind of, he's hopeful that he can maybe could get back sooner than they expect because they just kind of trending in the right direction. But then they also have, unfortunately, uh, injury to Gavin Lux going to be missed the whole season due to a torn ACL. So, sucks to have that happen like so soon it just happened like pretty much if i remember correctly it was like pretty quickly into spring training it happened so that's kind of tough to see a guy like that a young player like that you expect to have him be an integral part of this team and gonna be missing the whole whole entire 2023 season so i think when you look at it when you look at it from the outside like this team they have a lot of question marks. They have, especially to the rotation, I think they're going to be kind of up up and down the whole season. They're, they're, um, their lineup's going to be still, like, really strong. It seems like it's always really strong. Um, you know, you just kind of, for the, for the rotation, you just kind of have to hope that guys like Dustin May, Ryan Pepe, uh, perform really, really well and – 
some of their other top prospects that could be a factor are, you know, start our Bobby Miller, another pitcher and help. He can help the rotation at some point this year, I think. And Mike Miguel Vargas, who now with Lux out is going to probably play second. So that's going to be big for him to come up and play. So that's just kind of going through and looking at some of the, what I'm looking at here. And of course it's a division where you have the Padres now, maybe probably going to be better this year adding Xander Bogarts, but they have questions as well. It's, so it's still, I think, pretty weak, weaker division. So the Dodgers, I don't think they really have to worry because either either way, they're still going to win the division. I would have to have to say that. But it's really all these worries are about get once you get to the playoffs, what is this team going to look like, and what what are they going to be able to stack up against the Braves and the you know other teams like the Phillies of the world? How are they going to play against them? So that's my initial thoughts on them. Um, so I don't want to take everything away from you. So I'll let you have the floor a little little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Alex. I think that the Dodgers are essentially a a lock to make the postseason. I do feel like this will be a two horse race to win the NL West. When we get to the Padres, I actually have nice things to say about them for once, Mm -hmm. but sticking with the Dodgers, uh, there was a lot of roster turnover, like you mentioned, but there are a lot of new acquisitions that I'm actually really excited for. I think, J.D. Martinez as the Dodgers' everyday designated hitter is going to be a pretty solid bat. I know that he's pretty capable of hitting a lot of doubles. I think he had a career high last season in doubles, although the home runs are declining. But we're already seeing him portray as a great leader in the Dodgers' clubhouse. You mentioned rookie Miguel Vargas, who will be their second baseman. Uh, J.D. Martinez is one of the leaders that has already taken him under his wing, helping him develop that swing. And then defensively, a huge acquisition now, especially with that Lux injury, is from the Miami Marlins shortstop, Miguel Rojas. He'll be their everyday shortstop that we imagine, especially because he's an, basically an A-plus defender there. Not so much with the stick, but defensively, he's one of the best in the game. He's also been working with the younger guys like Vargas, uh, in the infield, Miguel Vargas is naturally a third baseman, but he's making over the move to second base so that Max Muncy can be the Dodgers' everyday third baseman, um, a guy that initially was a first baseman, but with Freddie Freeman, obviously, they had to move Max Muncy over to third. Uh, Pitching-wise, they did lose Heaney. They did lose Anderson, but they did bring in Noah Syndergaard, who at one point was an all-star and arguably one of the best starters in all of Major League Baseball back in his heyday with the New York Mets. And Syndergaard wanted to become a Dodger because of the reputation that Mark Pryor has established as well as their Dodgers pitching development staff. So that's why Syndergaard's here to get back to that form. And I've had the pleasure of actually just watching him throw in spring training a couple of days ago. He looks really good. Uh, Dustin May, who was out most of 2021 and most of 2022 recovering from Tommy John surgery. Another guy who's looked phenomenal this spring. I think over eight and two thirds innings, he's already got 13 strikeouts ERA in the low ones. I think this is going to be Dustin May's breakout season. It's just a matter of, can he stay healthy and what's the innings cap going to be on him? Um, Ryan Pepio, another arm that you briefly mentioned, he looks poised to have a breakout season as well. He's one of the Dodgers top prospects. And I think he could be in the conversation actually for rookie of the year. Command was the issue with him last season in the brief appearances he made. It was never about the stuff. I think this spring he's thrown eight innings or eight or nine innings. He's got like nine strikeouts and one walk. So, so far he's been pretty filthy as well. 
Bobby Miller, one of the Dodgers' top prospects, number 24th overall in Major League Baseball, has actually been dealing with some shoulder soreness. So that's kind of hindered him uh-huh. and hasn't hasn't allowed him to throw any innings this spring. But they're optimistic that this won't be a long-term issue uh, for this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. But the other prospect that actually is probably going to make some Major League appearances before Bobby Miller, and he's ranked 56th in all of Major League Baseball in the pipeline, is Gavin Stone, a guy who's quickly climbed the ladder in the minor leagues. He started off in, I think he started off in single A or double A last season, and then he worked his way all the way up to triple A. He had an ERA like below two. Wow. He was the PCL. He was the, he was the minor league pitcher of the year for the Dodgers. He's already thrown a few spring training innings for the Dodgers as well coming out of the pen. And so that's a guy that, out here, at least in Los Angeles, he's already getting a lot of buzz as the, mm-hmm. potentially the next Dodgers phenom. Yeah, exciting stuff. I'm always, you know, into the prospects a lot too. Like I have my own site as well. If I don't know if you've taken a look at any of that stuff, I do my baseball prospect kingdom where I'm looking at all yeah. kinds of prospects. So yeah, it's exciting, exciting to see these guys come up and see what they have. You know, Michael. Yeah, Bush the Dodgers is have. Guy. Yeah, Michael Bush. Uh, the other guy that I forgot to mention, speaking of all these prospects, James Outman has been on fire for the Dodgers this mm-hmm. spring. He's batting 389 with, I believe, two home runs. I think he's tied for the team league in RBIs. The Dodgers actually have an open competition right now in center field. It's pretty much down to mm-hmm. Jason Hayward, maybe Chris Taylor, Trace Thompson, yeah. and then James Outman, the rookie. Yeah, Thompson's guy too. He looked he's he's been playing pretty well in the WBC so far. And he hit a home run off of uh, Wainwright the other day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think he'll be able, I think a guy like him will be able to build off of last, you know, his last kind of a breakout year last year and you know, there's when you look at the bottom of the lineup, it's could be a really really good like if they really if they all if they all click, they can be really solid, you know. And then to really turn it over to the top, where you got obviously Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, Max Muncy, JD Martinez, then guys, you know, guys at the bottom like Thompson, Vargas, Rojas can turn it over to those those guys. Yeah, for sure. And you know, you can't sleep on the bullpen either. The bullpen's got, of course. Gratterall returning, and Evan Phillips, Alex Vasia. They got they added Shelby Miller to the kind of the middle mid mid rotation type. I mean mid uh, bullpen type guy, middle reliever. Phil Bickford. Mm -hmm. So they have yeah Daniel Hudson will be one of their high leverage arms. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, is he? Is he fully healthy now? He's been cleared. He might start the first couple weeks on the IL because he had he mm. just uh, they wanted to make sure he's really good to go. But yeah, I actually saw him throw into Evan Phillips just a few days mm. ago. He's with the team working out. He just hasn't appeared in spring yet, but should be like any day now. You'll see Daniel Hudson out there. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And then try like Trinan too. He's currently shelves from the shoulder surgery. I forget how long mm-hmm. he's supposed to be out. Probably for quite a bit, right? 
Yeah, if I had to guess, I think he'll probably miss the entire season. It's pretty yeah. rare for guys to come back from shoulder surgeries in a short amount of time. Right, yeah. So <clears throat> I had the you know projections for the win totals. Um, they have they actually have Padre, Dodgers and Padres at both at the same record, ninety one and seventy one. So I I definitely feel, I feel confident going over for the Dodgers because they had one hundred eleven wins last year and they didn't. I mean, as much as they lost, they still they're still the same. Like they're they're still gonna not. I don't think they're gonna fall. They're not gonna digress that much. They're gonna, they're gonna still get like at least ninety. I think they're gonna get ninety five plus wins again. I just don't. I can't see much of a digress digression. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, that's the Dodgers. You have anything else to add before we move to the Padres? No, I think I think I covered everything I wanted to say about the Dodgers right now. Just a lot of roster turnover, but. I, it's going to be a really exciting year to see a lot of the younger guys make a name for themselves. So it'll, yeah. be, it'll be fun. Yeah. So the Padres, like I said, they have they're projected to finish like kind of being a two man race with the Dodgers. And they, ha- they like I said before, they added Xander Bogarts. He's going to be obviously their starting shortstop and probably leading off. Gives them another bat in their lineup. They also added Nelson Cruz for the, to play DH and Matt, Matt Carpenter, who had a really solid breakout year with the Yankees last year. And if he can return some of that same offensive production he had, like just came out of nowhere hitting home runs left and right, like he can be really solid for their kind of bottom of the order. And, you know, what are you going to expect out of Cronenworth this year? He kind of was had a down year last year. You Can you – I, I kind of expect him to return to that same kind of form he was in 2020, 2021, and be a, you know, a solid kind of middle of the order type of guy and help back up these other guys at the top, the, like the, the real bop, the big boppers. You know, he's more of a contact hitter and help, you know, can help get guys moving on the base pass. He's got solid speed as well. And it's, the matter of what the bottom of the order two can do, like seven through nine, you know, with Kim Grisham and Nola, you know, Grisham is, I, I just don't, he's not really that good of a hitter. He's just, I don't know what I, what am I going to be able to expect out of him? Cause he's just, I mean, he's so good and de- defensively in center field, but he's just, he, he really doesn't provide anything at the plate. I don't he know. He was pretty like, clutch for them in the playoffs. Well, yeah, but I don't know where that came from even. <laughs> he like became the Mets killer out of nowhere. Yeah. And they did add uh, Adam Angle as well for outfield depth. Gives them, you know, if they get any injuries, of course, or anything else like that, then they can he can slide in to pretty much play anywhere in the outfield, I, w- I would imagine. And, you know, big story too. Uh, before the season, now they they did extend Machado to a big deal, so they have no worries there. Not going to end up trading him or losing him in free agency. So locked him up, and him and Xander should be able to make a solid, you know, left side of the infield for years. And uh, tat- big another big story for this season. Tatis will be obviously still suspended, and 
but he's going to be eligible to return on 420. So everybody in LA is going to be high on that day when he returns. <laughs> but that's the sum of uh, what I see from the Padres. They have a really strong rotation. Joe Musgrove actually going to be missing a first week or so of the season fractured his toe in spring training. He is, he has on, on track to return not too, too far down the line. So, you know, he, they really need him though, too. Like they, if you have, you don't have him, they kind of, their rotation is a little iffy because they have, you know, guys that could, could be something really good, but you don't know what to expect from them. You know, Snell, what, what do you, what version of Snell are we going to get? Because, He's had his ups and downs. Darvish has been pretty solid. But then you got, you know, Waka, Nick Martinez, Seth Lugo. Those are kind of guys that you just kind of don't – you have to expect them to have a lot of struggles because they've been up and down in their careers. And I, it's it's some – I think they do have a pretty deep rotation. They have a lot of depth, but they need, they're going to need Musgrove healthy because he's the ace. They, he's the – uh, the clear ace because everyone else isn't really going to be good as a number one. You need Snell as a three to really be successful. And then bullpen is strong. Hater, Suarez, Garcia, Pomeranz is a guy that can pitch a lot of innings when you need him. Any, any kind of, any, he come in the game whenever you need him. So they have some strong, pretty good depth. They have, you know, a good, really pretty solid top of the lineup, big boppers. And it's, like I said, just a matter of what the bottom of the lineup can do to turn it over and how these back-end type of starters can do because I think everything else is pretty good. And then, well, I didn't even mention Soto, Juan Soto. Uh, what version, What are we going to see out of him? Is he going to be able to be the superstar they, tr they traded for? I mean, he's been he's been pretty much he's been going off in the for the Dominican Republic here in the WBC. So if he can, can keep that going into the regular season for the Padres, I I can't imagine we're gonna get like less of a player that than he was last year. I mean, last year, even though the people talked about how he struggled at come when he came over to San Diego, I I don't think he was that bad. I that was still solid production. He just wasn't a superstar. He wasn't at that superstar level, which he can be. And if he reaches that, then look out because then the Padres are really, you know, hit clicking. Um, yeah. I mean, the Padres, they have on paper a pretty deep team. And if I had to just guess right now, I would actually probably pick the Padres to win the NL West, but barely. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there are some question marks. Number one being the big one, what version of Fernando Tatis Jr. are the Padres going to see this season? Is it going to be that 35 to 40 home run hitter that they got to experience pre-idiotic dirt bike incidents mm -hmm. and then steroids? Mm -hmm. Or is this going to be a guy kind of like Cody Bellinger in 2021 mm -hmm. where coming off the shoulder surgery where he really struggled and just couldn't find rhythm? Uh, then, yeah, number two would probably be Juan Soto, is this going to be the superstar that you mentioned kind of like people are accustomed to? 
or is he going to be more of a passive Juan Soto where he gets on base, but he's not really giving you the power and the run production. Mm -hmm. So those are the two driving forces right there. I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Manny Machado, one of the best defensively and just like a solid 30 home run, close to 300 hitter every season driving in 100 plus runs. Xander Bogarts, historically with the Red Sox, has been pretty consistent, always batting around 300 and up there always in the hits leaderboard. But I feel like they, first of all, like where the hell did the Padres get all this money? Like, they offered Aaron Judge four hundred plus million. They offered Trey mm-hmm. Turner more than what he got from Philadelphia. They claim that they're going to try to go all in on Shohei Otani next season too. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand where this is coming from. But back to the point, like Xander Bogarts, for probably for the next three to five year range, he'll pre- he'll be productive. But I don't know how it's going to age long term. That seems like mm-hmm. a pretty big deal. I'm sure Boston was like happy to let him walk because I don't think they want him for eleven years. No. And they're and they're going to pay you uh, Darvish. They extended him. He'll be mm-hmm. under contract till his age 42 season. That seems kind of crazy as well. Um, Blake Snell is like the most inconsistent guy in the rotation. He can't seem yeah. to really get anybody out unless he faces the Dodgers. Then all of a sudden mm-hmm. he becomes Sandy <laughs> Koufax. Yeah. Every time out will mow us down, get 10 strikeouts. I actually do like the back end of the rotation. Seth Lugo, a guy that has kind of been a reliever the last five years, I feel like, with the Mets, all of a sudden he wants to be a starter again. I mean, that's great and all, but can he hold up for an entire season? That's kind yeah. of a big question mark for me. And then I do like the the Michael Walker deal. Kind of interesting how they offered him all those incentives. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's a veteran. He's been to the World Series before. Nick Martinez, a guy that's kind of can start, but more in their bullpen. Uh, but they definitely do have the depth out there in their bullpen. And Robert Suarez was another guy who just all of a sudden became a beast in the postseason. I will say I don't really believe in Matt Carpenter. He really only was good for mm-hmm. the Yankees, like for what, 45 games or something close to that range. Like he didn't really play yeah. that much. It was Yeah, it was a short sample size. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was a really small sample size. And going from Yankee Stadium to Petco Park, Man. That's just a drastic difference. So I don't know if that move is going to work out. And Nelson Cruz is like 42 as well. Like their mm-hmm. DH position is a bunch of old timers. So we'll see how that one works out. But I, I do agree that you mentioned uh, Jake Cronenworth. If they can get another big season out of him, like they did, you know, 2020 and 2021, that's just going to really mm-hmm. round out what's a pretty deep lineup. So the Padres are going to definitely post a lot of runs throughout the season like scoring shouldn't be an issue for them i think at times they will struggle with pitching but right now on paper this is i think the best padres team i've ever seen yeah i definitely i agree with that yeah they they had the makings to be a good team like the last several years but i this is definitely the best one we've seen in a long time like i mean they've only been around since what 1950 or six, something like that. So it's, it's probably one of the best ones since 98. Mm-hmm. So if I were to look at it right now, I'd definitely say they, they probably go over there when they're, they'd go over 91 wins. Yeah. I think they'll win. I'll peak them at a hundred. Yeah. 
right now I've still I'm still leading Dodgers to win, but I think the Padres would be really close, like a game or two behind. Yeah, I think it, it probably will come down to injuries. Yeah. So yeah, moving on to the Giants now. I I just I can't see the Giants being good this year. They they're projected to be better than the Diamondbacks. I actually I disagree. I think the Diamondbacks are going to be up and coming this year. They have a lot of holes still, but I I can't. The Giants just, you know, I know they got Conforto, but what does that do? Like they they lost out on Judge and Correa, but they both offer both of them contracts. Obviously, the whole Correa thing situation was just crazy. He, you know, all the medicals and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. getting deals from the Giants and the Mets, and then eventually going back to the twins, but they lost Rodon, lost Brandon Belt, and signed a guy like Conforto who didn't even play the whole entire last year. It doesn't really move the needle for me. You know, yes, they did re-sign Jock Peterson as well. They, he's a he's going to be a solid solid guy in their lineup. And the lineup, I mean, the lineup has potential, but I just don't see it really working out in the end. There's a lot of ifs and a lot of question marks. They the one thing that could save them is their rotation is still pretty good without Rodon. They have they added Manaya. They got they also got strip Ross Stripling. So you know they have Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, Manaya Stripling, and Alex Wood. It's pretty solid. You know five six guys. So it's not not the worst thing. Even without Rodon, their ace that who was their ace. And that's, I think that's what can save them. Also, their bullpen. They added Taylor Rogers to join his brother Tyler in the bullpen. They have, you know, Camilo. I can't say his name. Camilo. I think it's Camilo. Oh, Cam- Camilo Duvall. Camilo Duvall is their closer, who was like an up and young, up and coming young closer. Really dominated when he came up last year. So that's what they have. I think the pitching is going to save them if they go, if they're going to go over five hundred. They they need their pitching. And they need somebody in that lineup to do to at least be so, somewhat productive. They need to be able to score runs, but obviously. But I just I can't. I don't see it. I really don't because they went 500 last year and they got worse. So, like they lost a yeah. big, big one of like one of the best pitchers in the league right now. So yeah, my favorite signing that they did was actually Mitch Haniger. But mm, yeah. I actually don't think this Giants team is going to be good at all either. Like they, they basically the 500 projection that they're being given right now, I feel like is too generous. Too generous. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Don't believe in Conforto either. Like you said, he didn't play at all last season, so who knows what version they're, they're going to even get out of him. But I actually disagree with you. I think this rotation is god awful. And first of all, they mm. have no depth. So if two of these guys get hurt, they're like done. Yeah. Uh, Ross Stripling and Sean Manaya as your big offseason acquisitions in the rotation is a laughable offense, in my opinion. Sean Manaya couldn't even pitch for the Padres in the postseason because yeah. he was so bad. And I've seen enough of Ross Stripling to know that this guy is just off and on every other year. So he's a fraud, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I do like Logan Webb, but when you go from Rodon as your ace, now you have to kind of step back and now it's Logan Webb. And then hopefully you get a healthy Alex Wood as your number two, who in my opinion, if he's your number two, you're kind of in deep trouble. 
Yeah. And then you go to Alex Cobb, who's another guy who's just inconsistent and often hurt as well. I just don't see the longevity with this rotation. I think half these mm-hmm. guys are going to be in the on the aisle by May. Probably. So, yeah. <laughs> they do have some really promising guys in their farm system, though, that likely won't be an impact this season, but maybe in 2024, if they can get them in maybe in August and September to help pr- – Groom them for the long term. Kyle Harrison is the 18th best prospect in Major League Baseball. He's a left-handed pitcher. And then the guy that they're really excited for at shortstop, who will likely take over for Brandon Crawford, who's an aging dinosaur at this point, Marco Luciano. So that's those are the two names to look out for. Because uh, I don't think this Giants team's going anywhere, so they probably should just start playing their rookies now to get them ready. Yeah. If I agree. Like, I do – like, that's – I don't really see the rotation as that strong. I, was, I think I just think that's their only saving grace. Like to, they need just for them to act, be somewhat productive, stay a little bit healthy, maybe yeah. lose, not lose the whole rotation, and then that's that's what just gets them to five hundred. Is if they're at least a little bit productive, like they're not going to be even close to you know any of these other teams in the division. Mm-hmm. I. I just don't see it because I guess uh, that'll go do it for them because I want to kind of move on to the Diamondbacks and why I think the Diamondbacks are better than the Giants because Diamondbacks are not only, you know, they have a lot of promise. They have a lot of young guys that are coming up, especially Corbin Carroll, Carroll who just signed a, an eight-year extension um, with the team after coming up last year and really coming, you know, on strong. And he has the potential to be the win the rookie of the year. And he's, you know, just an over he's just an all around player, just incredible talent. Hits the ball for power, can run the bases well, steal a lot of bases and plays good defense. It's just just really, really, really good. And he's their future, definitely. And I am you know, I'm already starting to picture their outfield in like 2028 20, with Carroll, and then when Drew Drones come up, Drew Drew Drones comes up, and Alec Thomas being there too, like that's gonna be an insane outfield to watch for years to come. And you know, on top of all the you know Carroll being there and their young start youngsters, they have they also made some moves this offseason, getting Dalton Varsho. Uh, play give give them some more outfield help and also um, or not sorry I don't know why yeah they traded Darren Varsha for uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Gabriel Marino and that's I mean get Marino's a guy he's another prospect he was the top catching prospect and one of the top prospects in all of baseball from the they got him from the Blue Jays and. He he's not. I don't think he'll make his debut this year. But like you know, when we get to next year, he might be there. He's you know just a great catching prospect, great overall prospect. And but Guriel, he's just somebody that can help right now for the outfield and and give a lot of production in the middle of the order as well as they also yeah. got Kyle Lewis from Seattle, which he's a guy that you hasn't really fully broken out yet. He's had a lot of struggles in Seattle and. Maybe a change of scenery will get him 
to yeah, break out a little didn't he, bit. Didn't he win rookie of the year and then just kind of fell off? Yeah, he kind of fl- flamed out, but I think he might I think he just needed to change the scenery or something. Like they just I mean Seattle was obviously with J Rod, he's he's their future. I think they just they didn't really have a spot for Lewis at this point. Yeah, I definitely yeah, I'm I'm excited for Kyle Lewis. I think he will be a he could be a sneaky good pickup. Yeah. Uh their outfield is pretty is pretty solid and it's young and they got Jake McCarthy too, another fast mm-hmm. guy who's scrapping. He can get stolen bases. The uh, the rotation yeah. is this is where they're probably Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. At the front end, it's really strong. I actually put some money down. I think Zach Allen's gonna win the National League Cy Young. So no. I'm yeah, riding that really shit. Uh, last season coming off a 254 ERA and NL best 0913 whip. So he's yeah. he's been pretty much a force ever since he put on a D-backed uniform. And then Merrill Kelly coming off his best season. I believe he was an all-star for Arizona. Um, <laughs> then they, then it gets a little uh, dicey after that. Yeah, Dre Jamison, pretty solid, but not enough sample size to go off him, but looked good in his limited appearances. And then one of the top prospects in Major League Baseball, I believe it's pronounced Brandon Fat. Fat. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, he's in the he's in around the top fifty prospects, and he should probably be a part of the rotation, yeah. Too, but yeah, you you mentioned Corbin Carroll, easily the favorite to win National League Rookie of the Year. Kind of reminds me of Trey Turner in a way when he first came up, a guy that could definitely make the contact, probably will bat around three hundred, has the ceiling to get forty to fifty stolen bases if he's really going to go for it. Yeah, he's really fast, so. D-backs got a good one with Corbin Carroll. Um, and I agree with you. I would pick them to finish third in this division. Just a solid lineup. Christian Walker, I believe, coming off the gold glove. A great defender there at first base. 30 home run hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's So he's pretty solid. Um, and then they added Evan Longoria, uh, one of my favorite players in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Not sure what his role is going to be in terms of if he'll be an everyday player. But this is a great leader. And mm-hmm. I think he's a perfect role model to mentor what is like a really young core for the Arizona diamondbacks. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's what you like to see too, is teams that are like young, young teams like this that are, you know, well starting to get towards the end of the rebuild. They, they need guys to like, you know, lead, they need veteran guys to lead them like Evan Longoria and is, and you know the like you said with the rotation they i do like those top two guys like you mentioned and some of the rookies that could get some starts and then but when you you have mad bum who's just fell off a cliff like you can't trust it at all if they, he gets if he gets sold like a lot of starts this season they they're going to have a lot of losses because mm-hmm. like that he's going to have he's going to be account for a lot of the losses um and you know Mark Melanson's a guy too that's been struggling in the bullpen. And yeah. So it's you have to stay away from those two guys to really have a shot of contending. I think once Mad Bum is off the books, you know, that's that's really when they're gonna contend for playoffs. You know, obviously I do like I said, I do think they finished third this year, but I think we're still a year away here from seeing them contend in for a, you know, the wild cards. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, 2025, I feel like that's when they're going to be a 90-plus win team. Yeah. Yeah, that's when they're going to have all their young guys up and have a year or two under their belt. So, Yep. Not looking forward to that top of the order of facing Corbin Carroll and then Jordan Lawler. Ugh. And then oh, that's Drew gonna, Jones. Ooh, that's going to be nasty. But, yeah. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about the Rockies. I don't even know what to start with this team. They're just bad. I mean, when you have Mike Moustakis as your third baseman, you kind of know where your team is going to be. <laughs> but they do have some something to look forward to as far as prospects go. You know, to- Ezekiel Tovar made his debut last year, and he's going to be at their starting shortstop. So – at least they have that. They play. They should probably call up their other guys, but you know, it's the Rockies and they don't do that. So they never mm-hmm. call up any of their prospects until like they're in the minor leagues for five years longer than they should be. But I mean, that's exactly what they did with uh, what's his name, Brendan. Brendan. Oh, uh, Brendan Rogers. Brendan Rogers. Yeah. And he's so, actually been a kind of a bust. Uh, I'll yeah. get into him in a second. Yeah, he and he's also he just. Uh, dislocated his shoulder too. Yeah, so. he might he might miss most of the season. So yeah, it just makes their uh, if it, you want to even call it a rebuild, just gonna make it even worse. All right, but I really kind of just want to focus on the prospects they have in the system because there's really nothing to talk about on their current team. Because I just, I mean, what is their rotation? Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland. Jose Arena, Austin Gomber, Connor Seabold. Ugh. That's yeah. Gross. And Chad Cool was like pretty decent for them and they let him go. And he he didn't even sign a major league deal. Oh. Yeah, this team, wow. yeah, this team's gonna be really bad. Like if it weren't for the Cincinnati Reds who deserve mm-hmm. a slap in the face for what they've done, the Rockies are another bottom feeder, absolute embarrassment right now. Uh, maybe the one silver lining is Chris Bryant has a has a tremendous season for them and can just go yeah. off because it's course field and a healthy Chris Bryant, in my opinion, is one of the best bats in Major League Baseball. But mm-hmm. the rotation is very, very thin after Marquez, who struggled with the fastball command last season. And then you have Kyle Freeland, who a decent arm, but kind of inconsistent, horrible bullpen. Um they have Daniel Bard as, I guess, an all-star closer, but we just saw him in the World Baseball Classic, did not look good. Mm-hmm. And they signed Brad Hand, who's been like on half the teams now in the league. Right. Uh, but, I, but after that, it gets pretty hairy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you mentioned Ezekiel Tovar, who's only 21, very limited sample size in the majors last season, batting 212 over nine games. But in AAA, he hit 318 with a 932 OPS. So – Young, but very talented, 25th best prospect in Major League Baseball. Uh, I don't know who else they really have in their farm system, though, that is worth mentioning uh, for this year. Yeah, season. for this year, not because, yeah, they have Zach, the, the top prospect, Zach Veen. He's probably still at least a year or two away. So, really, nothing. I don't think they have much in their system to look forward to, like, as, come, as far as coming up this year. But maybe next year, like maybe Zach Vino will come up like the end of next year, so that could be something at least. But yeah, not for this year really. But... 
Yep. So bad team. I think that's enough. I think that's because I don't really know what else to say about them because they're just going to be terrible. Yep. I got and nothing I saw else a game to add on the, the, the I saw a game, a spring training game the other day that they, they I think it was in 15 minutes and lost like, it was like 21 to 20 or something, something like that. It's like, ooh, yay. Uh, speeding up the game. <laughs> two, it only took two hours, but you still gave up 20 runs. But Little. let's see, what is their total? think their total was like 58 probably no i would still go under if it was that all right uh, it's saying 66 so yeah they had 68 last year i mean if they did oh yeah do you go over 66 no i'll go under i think i think i'll go under yeah yeah that's i think that'll wrap it up for this nl west preview uh, thanks again for coming on, and of course you're welcome anytime throughout the season or for the postseason and all that st- all that good stuff. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, if you want to hear more Dodgers content, you can follow me on Twitter at Klein25 and my Dodgers podcast, where I co-hosted with a couple other guys, uh, the Incline Dodgers podcast. Awesome. Yeah, everybody check that out and. Just as a reminder, you can never have too much pod tar. Back again for another preview very soon.